How do you avoid a conflict between your adventures, your work, and your family? My first reaction to this question was, mind your own business. But seeing as this is a book based on inviting readers to ask me anything, that wasn't very fair. I prefer to keep my work life and my real life completely separate, just as you might if you were a physiotherapist or a fishmonger. It's a matter of both privacy and relevance. The matter of spending time away from your family is a personal one. I see some people clucking endlessly around their family, the kids that only focus, and suspect it would benefit not only them, but their whole family if they went away on an adventure occasionally and bloomed a little. It might spark some crazy passion in the children too. On the other hand, I think of other folk I know and regard the amount of time they spend away from their young family to be excessive. In other words, this whole subject is similar to travelling on a motorway. Anyone driving slower than me is a moron. Anyone who overtakes me is a lunatic. Some, I suspect, ask how I balance adventure with commitments out of envy and general curiosity. They would love to have more free time, as would I. They say things like, I wouldn't be allowed so much time off. What's the secret? What are my life hacks? Others might ask as an accusation of selfishness. How can you go on adventures whilst leaving a partner and children at home? What efforts do you make to redress the balance? I don't deny the selfish label entirely, but I hope my answer will soften it a little. I certainly try very hard to make sure it's not the case. The struggle between family time and adventure time or work time is my single greatest working challenge. It is continuously frustrating, despite how it might appear from my Instagram feed. In basic terms, my scope for adventure has decreased massively with family time. Of course it has. More often than not, adventure is linked with freedom, time, solitude and risk. They are pretty different drivers to an outing to feed the ducks. I'm well aware of the difficulty of fulfilling your commitments while also trying to get your personal adventure kicks in what feel to be tiny windows of free time. We're all so busy, it's difficult to pay due attention to all your roles in life family member, friend, worker and individual. However, adventure is not only something I enjoy, it is also my job. That puts me in a slightly different position to many others who wish they had more time to go on adventures. For example, whilst my wife was taking time off work for maternity leave, we hired an au pair to help at home and then I set off to row the Atlantic Ocean. It was terrible timing but it was a rare and excellent opportunity, an important expedition that would boost my writing and speaking work. Would I have done that trip if nobody ever found out? From a work point of view, definitely not. It was very much an expedition to help with my career, yet it also happened to be a hell of a personal adventure. A succinct summary of that experience would be to say that I was racked with guilt to be leaving my lovely wife with the burden of a baby whilst I went and did something dangerous. My wife, in return, was understandably not thrilled with my latest exotic holiday. That was entirely understandable. 
The solution was not as simple as me taking a year's paternity leave from my work while she returned to the office, for she wanted to be at home. But let's just say that the expensive satellite phone calls back home from mid-Atlantic were terse. (laughs) For a few years after becoming a father, I tried to carry on with the adventuring side of my life as though nothing had changed, building towards an epic journey to the South Pole. But in the end, the complications of real life dismantled that dream. It was just not compatible with conventional family life. I pulled out of the South Pole trip and all future huge expeditions. This left me feeling diminished and disappointed, frustrated and unhappy. In my midsummer morning, I wrote, You cannot go alone into the wilderness for months and also be a stay-at-home dad. You cannot teeter across a crevasse field without feeling somewhat reckless. And when I do manage to get away, to make a short film for example, I know people frown on it as going on holiday rather than going to work. My life, my work, my hobby, it's all the same thing. It is me. I cannot compartmentalise things in the way many parents do, swapping stuff around, cutting down on hobbies or pausing bits for a decade. Nobody asks lorry drivers or consultants how they get so much time away from their family to go and do their job. It's accepted that some positions require long hours at the office or time out on the road. But when your work revolves around going on fabulous trips, questions inevitably get asked about your commitment to domestic responsibilities. It seemed to me at the time that all the people asking this chapter's question were correct. It was not possible to go away on the journeys that my career, my ambition and my restlessness demanded, whilst also being at home with the children I loved and helping my wife to flourish. Blessed indeed are the parents who can gain all the nourishment and inspiration they need from within the routines and rhythms of normal family life. If you are considering stepping away from a conventional job to become a working adventurer, you need to consider the impact that it will have on your family as well as on yourself. Until you arrive at a point, hopefully, where you are earning what all parties involved deem to be an acceptable income, it can be hard to justify going away a lot. This is particularly true if your other half works in a more traditional environment and thinks in terms of guaranteed salaries, nine to five hours and weekends weeding the flower beds, like most folk. For example, are you developing the skills you need to earn a comfortable living as a filmmaker or are you just spending day and night playing with your little videos? Are you investing in the equipment you need to do your work to the high standards you have set yourself or are you buying more camping stuff and camera toys for your hobbies when you haven't even got a job? (laughs) And are you grafting away building up the experience and stories you need to become respected as a well-paid professional storyteller, or are you taking yourself off on another bloody holiday? These examples are works of fiction. Any resemblance to actual events is purely coincidental. Probably. (laughs) Okay, enough of the disclaimers. I suspect I'm not getting a lot of sympathy. Here is how I attempt to make everything work, to be present for my children, to pull my weight at home, 
to ensure my wife has all the time she needs for her work and her life, but also to keep the wheels going as a working adventurer. For various reasons, our family can't go and cycle around the world together, walk across the outback with a toddler in a buggy, or live off-grid in a cabin in Alaska. And I do not want to go away from home for extended periods on my own and miss out on the marvellous mayhem and hullabaloo of my kids growing up. I want to be right in the middle of it all with them. I have accepted the incompatibility, chosen my priority and tolerated the decrease in adventures and with that the earning potential and so on. The number of questions I received on this subject showed me that I'm not alone in trying to fit in too many incompatible activities. The huddled masses of adventurous souls yearning to breathe free out in the hills is what made Microadventures my most helpful book. It was trying to combine my desire for adventure, the need to keep my career alive and the importance of remaining at home for my family. This is what ushered in the era of Microadventures. I began trying to seek short, simple, local alternatives to longer journeys, asking myself what opportunities remain for adventure rather than lamenting life's constraints. My wife has one day off from work a week when she does the school run and I can dash off for an overnight micro-adventure. That's how I make many of my short films, for example. I leave home at about 9pm once the children are in bed and drive north, powered by... Radio 4 and fresh fruit. I reach the hills at 3am, sleep in the car till dawn, then run around all day filming stuff. Then I drive back home through the night, powered by Haribo sweets and house music, in time to take the kids to school in the morning. I'm trying to learn how to combine my adventure life with my normal life. It's not easy. Yet I'm also becoming increasingly convinced that it is better to pursue a lifetime of living a little bit adventurously every day rather than dreaming of an adventure of a lifetime one day. My adventuring generally takes place between 9am and 3pm from Monday to Friday during school term times, if such a thing sounds possible. The rest of the time I am dad, family taxi driver, chef, laundryman all of which is filled with its own adventures and challenges. I don't go away at weekends or do speaking events then so that I can take the kids to their clubs and give my wife plenty of peace and quiet after her busy week of work. I don't work in the school holidays and the less said about the delights of the year of Covid homeschooling, the better. I do my best to squeeze in my adventure fixes around the margins of my days and make do with the suburban and semi-rural landscapes of southern England where I live. I swim in rivers for a taste of freedom. I climb a tree at least once a month to keep connected with nature. These small moments also help me be a kinder, calmer, more interesting husband, father and person. I'm fortunate to get to do as much as I do, but my circumstances are also not exceptional, perhaps, beyond my 30 hours of weekly work, which pleasingly often involves going for a bike ride and then putting it on Facebook. Most of what you see of me on the internet these days comes from trying to practice what I preach, the world of five to nine micro-adventures or lunchtime escapes. 
There are some exceptions to this routine and occasions when I do still go away for longer periods. For example, I busked through Spain for four weeks in 2016 whilst my heroic wife kindly took up the slack of summer holiday childcare. In 2019, she decided to take unpaid leave to spend more time with the children, so I nipped off to cycle around Yorkshire for four weeks and record a podcast. I seized on that opportunity to hit the road before returning for our family holiday together. The adventures I choose nowadays are based on questions of efficiency. Not just, will this be a good laugh? But also, can I squeeze this into less time away? It's a consequence of trying to earn a living from what I love. I'm highly conscious of how I use every hour. It definitely all involves a lot of planning, compromise, rushing and efficiency. Quick question. What are your views on wild camping, trespass and access to much of the countryside potentially becoming criminal offences? I think it is ridiculous how much of our countryside is enclosured and out of reach. Criminalised trespassers who wreck places, yes, but not hikers and lovers of wild places.